When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, and welcome to the 73rd episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts joining us for the first time since his day two at NAIC and ready to kill it on this next season. We have Sack, a.k.a. Sack Sack 17. How's it going, Mellow? It's going all right. And join us for the first time, fresh off of a top 32 at the Pokemon World Championships, we have Gabe Smart, a.k.a. Smart TCG. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, super happy to be here. Excited to have you. You're someone who I've been thinking about for a while. Like, we got to get this guy on the podcast, and I'm excited for this one especially. I feel like, so spoiler alert for everyone, we're going to be talking about Lost Origin and our thoughts on the best cards, the best decks, impact on the meta, and all that other good stuff. Now. Real quick little housekeeping, you may have noticed, we have two episodes coming at you in your feed this week. If this is the first one you found, hey, you should go back and listen to the interview we had with Cal Connor on his top cut at the Pokemon World Championships because it is amazing. If you ever start a tournament with a bad record and say, I'm done, there's no chance I have this, go listen to Cal's run at Worlds and realize you can do anything with a bad record and turn it around. Super great interview. Check it out. But uh, this is our second one to go because in the future, your boy is going to miss an upload. So this is your present, right? <laughs> we're going to give you two this week so I can miss another one in the future. So we're talking a lot, a lot about Lost Origin on here. What we think is good, what we think is bad, etc. But first, I want to have Gabe introduce himself a little bit. Maybe how long you've been playing, some of your accomplishments, all other good stuff for any of our listeners who may not know who you are. Yeah, so um, my name is Gabriel Smart, uh, also known as Smart TCG. Um, I make content on YouTube and Twitch, and I'm also a um, professional Pokemon player. Um, you might see me around at tournaments because usually I'm at the majority of them. Um, this was a pretty good last season. Um, as Melo said, I got top 32 at the World Championships. I also was kind of well known um, this season for starting off with terrible records and then finishing with you know, like really good records. You know, like I went 3 2 to 10 2 2 at Salt Lake City, 0 2 1 to 10 2 2. And then 01 to um 01 to 5 1 at world. So I had some relatively cool comebacks um this past season. Um and I play full-time Pokemon right now. I'm actually in the process of moving down to Texas to um um start a new journey when it comes to my you know streaming and content career. And then I'm excited for the Baltimore Regional Championships and then also um Peoria as well that's coming up. And I've been playing um professionally for the past like year or so competitively past like two to three years and then you know like i really started to um play casually back 2010 11 but you know that was mostly just like going to league you know like once a week on like a saturday like i never was really someone who like really like started to grind um but then back in like 2019 i really started to play like more seriously so yeah are you willing to leak any information about that move or we got to check your twitter for more information later um I can definitely talk about it. Yeah. So uh, basically me um, and a business partner are going to be um, starting up a card store. And then I'm also going to have a stream room as well. Um, 
for people that don't know, um, it's going to be kind of similar to you know, like the full grip games vibe, you know, just you know, like something like that. That is the goal. Um, like as of right now, uh, the open time is going to be sometime before the holiday season, you know, like ideally um, late October. That's probably like around the time where it's you know, like most realistically um you know going to open up and like we're going to make sure that we host like 5k's 10k's and like all like those cool things like that um and it's going to be super super cool and um you know it's still very much and you know, like the growing stages there's still you know, like a ton of um, logistical things like when it comes to um you know making your own store and stuff like that you know, like obviously there's just, like a ton of stuff that you know, like needs to get done um so we're still in you know, like the very um early stages of it but it's moving really quickly and that's pretty much all the information i personally have like as of right now um that i can share so yeah <laughs> that's exciting so you're gonna be open in time for arlington regionals it sounds like oh yes yes i can i can almost guarantee yeah yes yes <laughs> we we will make sure that we're open up um before the christmas season that is you know, like the goal because we're not gonna miss that <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah so we'll make sure we're open by then there you go. So anyone who's going to arrive at Arlington Regionals a little bit early, you're probably flying into Dallas because that is the only correct airport, I think. Be sure DFW or Dallas Love Field, either or, yeah. Be sure to check out uh, whatever store this is. We'll find out more information later, I assume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be so cool. It's going to be super cool. Yeah, like I can't wait to, you know, show you guys it. And then we're going to have, you know, like tons of cards there and stuff like that. So, you know, if you need cards for Arlington Regionals, we're going to be like 15, 20 minutes away from the convention center. You know, like you can stop by and we'll have everything for you. So. Or if you don't need cards, you want to buy out all the counters to your deck. Exactly. It's also a viable strategy. Yes. All right. But anyway, we're here for the uh, the Lost Origin. Let's let's go ahead and jump into that stuff. So Lost Origin is coming out at the time this podcast releases. It comes out on PTCGO the next day, I believe, the 7th. Something like that. 9th? Anyway. It I, think it's the, I think it's Tuesday, right? Well, it's Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Okay. Yeah, this is the first Thursday release. It's super unfortunate, right? Because yeah. they, they've been giving us Tuesday. Tuesday. Right? The past couple sets. Uh, yeah. But anyway, this will come out uh, the day before that Thursday when it released on PTCGO. So you'll be watching people like Tricky Jim, Azul. Gabe, are you going to be streaming that day release? Uh, yes, I can guarantee that I'll be I'm streaming. I have a lot of um, code cards already, so I have to put those in. And I'm super excited for the new set. I've been doing a little bit of testing of, you know, um, some of the brand new cards. But um, I still need to do you know, like tons of work on it. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so stoked for the new set. It's super cool. Beautiful. So also check out twitch.tv slash smarttcg for uh, the opening day stuff as well. Your boy's not going to be streaming for anyone wondering. Uh, quick update on the MCU, the Mellow Content Universe. Uh, I had a baby. Well, I guess my wife had a baby. And so therefore, my content is uh, kind of on the downslope for the time being until baby becomes slightly more like sentient and able to do its own thing so be sure to check out any of these great other content creators such as gabe for the lost origin content and i'll get some stuff out here and there but the podcast will keep going on because it's the only one i don't make money off of and for some reason my favorite one to do it's a terrible correlation <laughs> so the very first thing i want to talk about with lost origin is i think the thing that is by far the most hype and the most controversial at the same time and that is this lost zone engine so I think I have all the cards in my head that you need for the Lost Zone engine. We have the Comb Fee, one's in the active spot, look at the top two, put one in your hand, put one in the Lost Zone. You have Chorus's Experiment, which, look at the top five cards, put two in your hand, three in the Lost Zone, or is that the other way around? I think it's three in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's three in hand, two in Lost Zone. Three. Three. You would have assumed I would have done my homework, but I, I didn't. I'm going to be honest. 
Uh, three in hand, two in the Lost Zone. You have the Lost Blender, which is Field Blower, except you have to play a card into the Lost Zone. And then, of course, you have other stuff that's uh, kind of debatable, like the Lost City card. They have the, uh, ooh, what's the thing called? The Banette. That's a VS Seeker put in the Lost Zone. You know, all these other cute little pieces. So I want to talk about what are our first thoughts on the Lost Zone engine? Notice I didn't say Giratina. <laughs> But just this Lost Zone engine in general, whether it's with Giratina or with something else, is this viable or is this kind of a cheesy gimmick that is kind of bait? Gabe, can you go ahead and start us off? What are your thoughts on this Lost Zone engine? Um, I would say that the only thing that I can guarantee say is not bait is going to be the Comfy. I think that card is going to um, stay viable for sets to come, um, even if it's literally just a card where like you play three to four of in a deck and you don't play, um, you know, like the lost other cards um like you could literally just play no other lost zone cards and just you know like the um the comfies and i think that that could see um like play in the future um when it comes to the lost blender or lost what's the lost blender is the old card that's my mistake yes yes (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. so lost blender is the old one um the new one is i actually have i think i have one here i need to look for it um there we go thank you zach it's a vacuum. Yeah, lost yes, vacuum. Lost vac- yeah, yeah. So I think that those are going to see a little bit more sporadic play. Um, you know, like when it comes to Garretine and stuff like that, you know, like those, um, you know, like decks will definitely um, see some. And then I think that the Mirage Gate is also very, very good. Um, that was a card I was trying to think of. It was the Mirage Gate. Um, I think that Mirage Gate is very good, but by far the card that like I think will sus- will see sustained success is definitely going to be the Comfy um but the other cards i think we just you know kind of have to see like how like the metagame adapts but i think that the best two cards in the set i'm um, straight off the bat are probably going to be um comfy and then also the mirage gate um i think that comfy is probably considered the best card right now um, simply because it just is um the easiest card to use in the set you know like you can slap it into technically whatever deck you want and it could you know serve some like use zach i know you've played around with the set for quite a bit you've been testing lost origin instead of testing for baltimore regionals which is definitely a choice that you can make what are your thoughts on the lost zone engine um quite a bit different than gabe's actually um we found comfy to be a bit slow uh it's kind of like amazing Rajrachi, but you get one in the lost zone and one goes in hand um we found Bonnet to be more useful because uh, you get two cards in the Lost Zone with these, but you have to evolve it, but you get a supporter back, which helps you get your supporters from turn to turn. Um, the Lost Vacuum's been all right. Like, not a lot of people play tools, like maybe one choice belt, one um, like tool jam or something like that. And I guess you could play more stadiums, but uh, that's been all right. But we've had more like, use out of Bonnet because you get your supporters back. Like, if you have to Melanie turn one or turn two, if you're playing Gudra or something like that, or just being able to get a Colrus back to get more cards in the Lost Zone. That's been more useful, but um, I'm excited for Lost City to deal with like the one of attackers like Radiant Charizard or a baby Moltres that you can like, all right, well, if your entire deck is based around Charizard, I'm just going to knock out the Charizard once um, or something like that, like whatever the one prize attacker may be or single attacker may be, and then put it in the Lost Zone, you can never use it again, something like that. But the gate's been cool. If you can get to the seven or get to the 10 for the Fantina, those have been all right for the engine. but. I think the Lost Zone engine's too slow for what Pokemon can use it right now. It's in my experience. 
So Fantine is another card that I think I want to bring up as far as the Lost Zone engine goes. It's one that when I read it, I was like, this card's broken. And then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this card's unplayable trash. So Fantina, you have to have 10 cards in the Lost Zone. Your Pokemon take 120 less damage on your opponent's next turn, but it's a supporter card. Is this actually something that could be viable? Sack, you're leaning towards no. Gabe, do you think this is a viable strategy or? So, um... It kind of as um Sack said, you know, like the problem with the Lost Zone engine is that it kind of takes so much to get going, and a lot of people are kind of forgetting decks like Palkia V Star still exist, and those are decks where you cannot really miss a beat, and you have to, you know, like keep up with the insane amount of um pressure that they put on you. So I think that Mirage Gate might have a better chance of being successful since it's only seven compared to ten. But ten and also being a supporter is like so hard to do. Like like you're not going to be able to use that until you like realistically turn three or turn four. And then you know so much of that, you know, like so much of the time you're like on those um you know like turns you want to be using things like your boss's orders or like your rock sands. Like there's just so many you know like different types of support supporters that you would rather be using at that point in the game and since it is a supporter the old like the only deck where i think it could see play would be the gudra deck but other than that i think that fantina is a very underwhelming card simply because it is a supporter and it takes 10 which at this point is just so hard to do one more card that i want to mention on the lost zone engine as far as individual pieces go before we talk you know kind of rate the lost zone engine as a whole or predict on it as a whole is mirage gate Gabe, you already mentioned it. This is a card that is very reminiscent of B-String, except instead of off your opponent's prizes, it is based off of your cards in the Lost Zone, so you have a little more control over it. B-String, for those who didn't know, also accelerated two energy from the deck to your Pokemon, and it made otherwise unplayable Pokemon incredibly playable. So when I read Mirage Gate, I'm immediately thinking, this card is absolutely nuts. I am leaning towards it being the best card in the set. I'm not sure uh, if you check my YouTube channel Thursday, the day of release, I'll have my top 10 video out. And by then I will have made up my mind. I'm really into the idea of Mirage Gate with other stuff. Anyone who's watched the channel, watched the Twitch stream, saw what I played at Worlds. I love janky decks that require just a little too much work for what you get out of them. I like the idea of Mirage Gate. You have amazing rares. You can power up a Charizard. You can power up anything with this card. Do we think Mirage Gate is something that is exclusively going to be abused by stuff like Giratina, maybe a Gudra, or is this something that can actually see viability in any other expensive deck out there, whether it's a baby deck, an amazing rare deck, or I can't even think of other possibilities? Gabe, what do you think? Is Mirage Gate going to be exclusively for the V-Stars in the set, or just a good card in general? I think it's going to be a pretty good card in general. Um, the one deck that I'm really interested in is um, a Mirage Gate with Reshiram. I think that that is a um, strategy that I think has some viability. Um, you know, because the um, the Amazing Reshiram has always been a card where like people have tried to get it to work, and it's been like so close to being you know like super good. It just is just you know, like always like one card short of you know, like doing something great. So I think that maybe the Mirage Gate's going to help that deck gain a little bit of viability. Like once again. That deck does have some consistency issues, but you know, like maybe now that you have like the comfy and like some other things as well, maybe that could be a little bit better. Um, when it comes to the other decks, to be quite honest with you, I haven't done a ton of research on like I haven't really gone um, too deep into the tank um, when it comes to what I can pair um, like the Mirage Gate with. But I think that um, some of those cards, you know, like the Rush Frame, maybe even like the Evil Tall as well, like even though like that takes so much to get going. 
Um, I think that those are some of the cards, you know, like where the Mirage Gate could actually like serve some use. But um, I haven't done, you know, like a ton of work on those decks. You know, like maybe some Sack has done a little bit more than I have. So, so yeah, uh, Mirage Gate's like pretty all right. Um, the thing is, you have to have seven in the allow someone to use it, and like getting that seven is like pretty important. Like how you get to that seven is pretty important because if you're using Comfy or if you're using Colrus. Um, those are cards that you draw are like pretty random. You could be drawn into the energy that you're looking for. And if you're like, well, I'm going to play Mirage Gate, so I'm going to play, I'm going to accelerate a lot of energy. Therefore, I need a lot of energy in my deck. Then you have a higher chance of getting the energy into the loss zone. Um, when you're using Comfy or Colrus, because if I have 10 or 14 energy in my deck, and I draw two, there's a good chance they're going to be energy, but I put them in the loss zone. And now I'm out of energy. So if I put them on Tina, and then if you use Tina's attack to do 280, then I have to put two energy in the loss zone. So then more cards, more energy in the loss zone, and then I run out of energy. Or if you use something like Amazing Rare Reshi, well, it's 120 HP, I believe. So you like accelerate, you get seven cards, whatever they could be, random cards in the loss zone. And then your Pokemon that's doing 270 uh just gets knocked out in return that's three energy gone and you have to like accelerate more and then you lose more energy and so i think mirage could, could be cool if you could figure out how to get the seven in the loss zone that aren't energy or cards that you need which is where the loss zone energy comes back into play like using colrus or using comfy using Bonnet to get there are you using the lost vacuum to put like a tool in the loss zone but if you can find a way to not put energy or not put your resources in the loss zone to get to the seven I think it could be pretty good, pretty useful, and like a wide array of uh, decks could use it if you can get there. So, Lost Zone Engine as a whole. Let's channel our inner ESPN. Buy or sell? Buy, meaning you think it is incredibly viable. It competes with Inteleon and B Barrel and the Fusion Strike System engine, I guess, if you will. Or sell, it just cannot compete with those big three. Zach, start us off. Buy or sell the Lost Zone engine. It competes with the best, or it's a little short? In comparison to what you listed off, it's a sell, but I'm going to hold for now until like see if we get more cards for the Lost Zone. Or you can't hold? What? That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like, that's an option? Just hold. Don't buy, don't sell, just hold. Um, it could be really good, but... I don't know, like the math like doesn't work out sometimes. Like you have Bennett, Bennett gets you two, Corvus gets you two more, so you're at four. If you have a second Bennett, then you're at six, and now you're one short. So you have to like use a vacuum. But then to use the vacuum, you have to like, tool or stadium and play if they're your own. That could be a plus two. But then you have to get rid of your own stadium or tool. It's like, well, why did I play that tool to begin <laughs> with? If it's in the lasso now, like why do I have that? And then you have you need that like plus one more to get to the seven. Or I guess you could play Comfy using Comfy once, but then Comfy only gets you like one per Comfy that's in the active spot. So then it could be really slow with the Comfies. Uh, and then it could also be whatever ra like random resources you could do into the lasso. So it, it's like hit or miss. And if we get like more stuff, like I bet like uh, the lasso engine could be really good and expanded when we have lost Blender. And like Trumbeak and all those other Lost Zone cards, like it could be nuts and expanded. But like right now in standard format, nah, it's like a hold, see what else we get. It's not better than a barrel. It's definitely not better than Atelion or just um, discard your hand, draw seven every turn. So, well, look you to assume expanded is a thing. I wish, <laughs> there's so many cool things in expanded. It's fun. What do you mean? <laughs> I like to win the game on turn one. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Gabe, thoughts on the Lost Zone engine? Buy or sell? 
So I have similar opinions to Sack. This is how I would say it is. You're like the Intellion engine is here. Um, B barrel and fusion strike is like here. And then the Lost Zone engine is like here. But it doesn't mean it's bad. It just, I, I could say I could buy it as like a tier two engine, but it's not, you know, you know like it isn't that, you know, like shady dealings engine, right? Like I think it has some, some viability, but you know, like I think like the biggest thing is, you know, um, something, you know, like that comes about the comfy is that like, those don't go in the discard pile. You don't have things like the pow pads of the world, you know, like the claras, like the ordinary rats. You know, like get, you know, some of those resources back. That goes in the lost zone. So, um, kind of you know what, um, you know, like Saka said is that like you can sometimes you know, like look at the top two cards and be like, I don't want to get rid of either of these cards, and it feels so so bad, right? So I think that the engine is a tier two, probably maybe peaking at a tier one point five, but so you know like. I'll say bye, um, like for the sake, of, um, like for the sake of conversation. But there is no debate that the Shady Dealings engine, and I also think the Fusion Strike engine, is just significantly better than it. Like I don't think there should be a debate on that. So I have to say, regardless of uh, you either buying or selling for either of you, I'm buying. I am so into the Lost Zone engine. For here's my one argument for pro Lost Zone engine. The current discard pile is essentially a lost zone anyway. Some decks, like, okay, if you're like, yo, Radiant Charizard, you got to go back to your discard. Yeah, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Most decks, you don't really go back to your discard. Palkia goes back to its discard once, and that is to use Star Portal. Mew, you Silene. You go back 75% of the time, maybe. Arceus, maybe you play a Rod, play a Palpad, probably. So you go back for a couple of cards. But otherwise, you don't care if something goes into the discard pile that is your lost zone anyway most of the stuff that's in there is lost for the rest of the game so i don't think that's actually that big of a deal simply for that fact of the, the cards are just gone <laughs> you trek and choose away a card that card's probably just gone for good so i think the lost zone engine is probably good i think you're going turbo comfy i think you're playing switching cards you're playing nets you're just vomiting those things you're using airmail essentially three or four times a turn with these turbo comfies and i think that is the way to play the engine i am buying it i'm gonna waste a ton of time working on the lost zone engine and it's not going to be a waste because i'm going to win san diego regionals with something with a lost zone engine promise bet san diego you're gonna wait that long to win a regional that's the first regional i'm gonna go to maybe <laughs> so yes <laughs> the format's gonna be solved by then <laughs> no yeah because i'm gonna solve it and i'm gonna hide the sauce from everyone else he's gonna solve it four months later yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a new set by then actually won't we we have a november yeah, set we'll have silver tempest will already be out yeah oh we're fine we're fine yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna we're break actually, it by that yeah <laughs> we'll be into scarlet and violet pre-releases i think by then <laughs> oh that's Almost. true because that's like that awkward yeah. period of like hey the new set's coming out and we still have old regionals yes yeah so beyond the lost engine there's quite a few cool things in the set saxons you've been messing around with it i want you to kind of guide this what is the next piece that you think we should mention from this set? What is the next cool thing from Lost Origin? Do we want to start with Tina as being a cool thing or like something that's not Tina? Well, you said Tina, so let's go to Giratina. What are your thoughts All on right. Giratina as a whole? Are we playing with Lost Zone? Are we playing with Arceus? Is it good? Is it the next Reshi Zek or Rayquaza VMAX? What do you think? Yeah, it's one of those. Like, uh, Gabe said earlier, 
like Tina's cool. It's new. Everyone wants to play it. Same with Gudra or Azoro or like Magnezone if you're trying those things out, right? But then like Palkia V Star is still in format. Like, you know, cool. I can get there turn three, but I got to deal with your turns one and two. And if I go second, then I got to deal with that a lot sooner. Like Palkia and Arceus, they just apply a lot of pressure uh, early on. And sometimes Tina just can't handle that because like the Lost Origin or Lost Engine. Um, doesn't really, it's like slow sometimes. It doesn't really pick up speed. But like once you get going, Tina could be really cool. Uh, we've tried it with the Lost Engine. Maybe we can try it with Arceus. Uh, the cool part about it is you can put two energy. Uh, it doesn't say energy card, it says energy into the Lost Zone. So you can put a turbo energy in there, um, probably from your Arceus V-Star that's currently on the bench, maybe. Uh, so we'll try Arceus next. But I don't know, I'd, depends on how you play it. It could be good. It does 280. A lot of things can't really deal with 280. If you had a belt in there, that's 310 for Mew. You just have to deal with that oral choreo. But like Guardi could be really cool. I think Radiant Guardi um, could be helpful in some of the matchups for Tina because you do 280 to reduce by 20. You're not doing 260. It doesn't knock out a lot of stuff. But uh, I don't know if you ever get to the star power. If you play with Arceus, you probably won't get to the star power because that's you need 10 cards in the Lost Zone to just knock out somebody. Um, and it's hard to get 10, and you'd rather use Star Birth. But I think Tina could be really cool if you find a way to get the energy in play with or without the Lost Zone engine. So it's fun. I've seen it ha- like, it's a very cool guy. So the big TLDR is it's a cool guy. It's worse than Palkia. Definitely. Like with the Palkia in standard, is, uh, you just got to remember that there's a lot faster cards in standard that do 260, 290, turn two. I think that's the entire set, honestly. I think that's almost like the conclusion that I've had is like, I was like, there's a bunch of cool stuff in this set, but it's not as good as Paul King. But it's cool. It Like, it's cool. You know, like, yeah. you just have to hope that Flying Pikachu stays this big so we can play these cool cards. You know, we have to hope that Flying Pikachu keeps pushing Paul King a little bit out of the way so I can, you know, play my Giratina deck and not go 03 drop at the next event so they hit three Paul King and I lost the coin flip, right? <laughs> so we're both like, we're both on the conclusion of Palkia is clearly like, entire steps ahead of giratina it's not even like close it's like palkia is better too fast it's just too fast and too consistent you know jd dealings is really really good i mean that makes sense for sure like (laughs) that card is discussing the deck is discussing i guess palkia as a whole is kind of like that's a cool card right but then you add in i can irita for shady dealings and grab whatever i want you know that's yep. kind of broken. All right, so Gear- a lot of water Pokemon. So Giratina, even though it hits two eighty, it Oko's Palkia. It should beat it, right? That's the magic number. Is that Oko Palkia and hype? <laughs> There's a lot of things <laughs> that do that, right? Yeah. And look where we are now. I mean, Palkia didn't win worlds. It was only so most of Top Cut. That is true. Yeah, Palkia <laughs> did not actually win worlds. All right, so verdict on Tina, cool guy, and that's that's about it. Yeah, not broken yet. I think it's a solid tier, you know, like two to tier like one point five deck. You know, like I think actually that's like what the majority of like the V stars you know, like in this new set are. You know, like I think like the Sui and Zorark. I mean, the deck is cool. You know, like I think it's a tier two deck. You know, like, I think that I think the Gudra, um, it's kind of similar to the Arceus and Talion, where it's just like you heal like a bunch of damage, you two shot everything. Um, but the problem is, is that you need so much more to heal the damage off instead of just using a Sharon's care. So that's, you know, kind of the um, issue with Gudra. I think that Gudra is good. 
Um, I just don't know if it can compete with like the top top decks in the format. But you know, um, I think that the majority of the set is just a bunch of you know, like cool cards that are probably going to help um some other you know um tier one decks of the past i think that radiant gardevoir is a very interesting card i actually have one right here um i've been um actively like trying to you know find some cool new cards i think that the sableye as well is um relatively interesting too so um yeah um, i think that the majority of the v and the v stars from what i've noticed are gonna be solid tier two to tier 1.5 decks so it's kind of what i've felt so i'm gonna come back to Gujar real quick uh, I think everyone's on about that same idea of like the card is good, but it's not that good. What are the main limiting factors for Gudra? Is it the fact that just being thick and tanky and healing isn't good right now? Is it the awkward, you know, what is it? Two different colored energies and a colorless energy. So incredibly awkward attack cost. Is it just too slow? Is it healing doesn't matter right now? Like what makes Gudra so probably mid is gudra good good okay well that's good on them so it has to be somewhat viable right i mean you right. have a point it's like built in <laughs> the, depends how you play gudra right like you said early like fantina could be played with gudra maybe um that's how we that's how we like initially tested it gudra is actually the deck that i've tested the most unfortunately because they're like <laughs> hey let's play gudra and then everyone else wants to play all the other cool decks so i play gudra <laughs> um how it goes we started with the lost engine and we we're like all right comfy Bennett, do much stuff and then they were like this isn't it it's too slow for gudra my gudra got knocked out what do i do so then we were like well now what like how do i build it we're currently on just be aggressive go like trekking boots pokey gears get that turn one or two melanie go like attach pass turn two melanie attach um dot deck and it's been like pretty all right we have like hyper potions the crystal caves in there um but i think we're gonna go away from that next into like um a more of an Arceus duraludon build like hey i'm gonna go Arceus, play a four two Arceus, and then play um two three gudra maybe not that um but like some sort of gudra line accelerate the energies of Arceus, and then just be a very tanky gudra uh not worry about like the fantina or the, like the lost zone engine um, still play your hyper potions, your crystal cage and stuff like that. Because if you can get around not using Starbirth, that like ability on Gudra is like pretty good. Assuming you don't get Oko'd by um, like White Kirim or Kirim, it's just Kirim, sorry, not White Kirim or Black Kirim, it's just Kirim uh, or something like that, where it does a lot of damage. Or Tina's like V-Star ability, where it just knocks you out. Or maybe even Mew, which says can do over 350. But I think Gudra could be cool if you figure out how to build it and get the energy in play. I mean, turn two. For what it's worth, the Mew issue with that build is always. And this is for someone who's like, I've built a lot of quad Arceus decks because I think the idea is so fun. Um, you just goes Echoing Horn, boss, Silene the Echoing Horn on top. Next turn, Echoing Horn, boss. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> I hate Mew existing. It's such a good deck. But Definitely. anyway, so it sounds like you're into Gudra, but also Gudra hasn't been treating you well. No. Well, like, once you like, get, like, a solo Gudra and they don't have an Echoing Horn or, like, you ordinary routed your other Gudras back in that can't Echoing Horn or anything, then knocking out that Gudra, like, can be impossible for them. Because you don't ever, like, use the ability early. Like, they're always going to be able to get through one or two Gudras. It's when you have that last Gudra left, you're like, all my hopes and prayers are riding on this one Pokemon sitting in the active. That's when it could be a problem. You're like, I'm going to do 200 and attach and Melanie every turn and then Hyper Potion all the stuff off. And you might not be able to deal with it. 
Like a lone Gudra for Palkia, that's a nightmare. Like how do you do how do you deal with that? You just don't. Unless you play Kirum. Uh you play like a <laughs> one one Kirum. But like you don't have any bench Pokemon get the extra damage for Palkia and you do eighty less and you might have your ability left, and you play Hyper Potions and Crystal Caves, it could be a problem. You just got to get to that point in the game where you're a problem. Early game, though, you're just a nuisance. You know, you're not doing anything, which is the issue. Gabe, initial Gudra thoughts? Or are you kind of echoing oh. a lot? <clears throat> so when I first read the card, I thought its V-Star ability was a V-Star attack, and I was like, this deck is terrible. And then I saw that it was an ability, and I was like, this deck is Gudra. <laughs> like, it was, it's good, right? Um, and uh, I started to, like, work on some lists of the deck, and I, I think it is a very it's very similar to duraludon but you know like then like the problem becomes as like do you need to play cards like luminions or crobats to stay consistent and then you run into the mew problem where if they can knock out one singular um gudra v then they're going to do the classic bosses orders echo horn bosses orders or like the silent for the echo horn back again so i think that that matchup is an issue and also since your deck just needs time to set up now the question then becomes is something like the Drapion of the, um, going to push out Mew so much to where, you know, Gudra can see success. But I think it is very similar to Duraludon where if you can get it set up, it's really good. It's just can you get it set up? Because those first, you know, like one to two turns is really shaky for the deck. But once you get, you know, to that turn three, turn four, you know, like you build your strategy, then it's good. I'm going to be honest, I was hype into Gudra until I heard both of you talking. And now I'm like incredibly unhype into Gudra. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I made a tweet saying it was good, but I don't <laughs> I mean, the logic makes sense, right? It's like, okay, if the deck sets up and does the thing, like Zach said, if you get a lone Gudra and they don't play Echoing it's Horn, broken, yeah, bro, then you're, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you chill it. I just, uh, you chill it. I don't think that's going to happen. I've played enough Stone Journer to know even a deck that's sole purpose is to have one big tanky thing in the active can uh, struggle to have just one big tanky thing in the active and do what it wants to do every turn. So, all right, I'm selling Gudra hard now. <laughs> it's off my pre-order list. I welcome being wrong. Gudra's a cutie. It's cool. It's fun. That's it's a fun sure. deck. Like everything in the set, it's fun. Yeah, I definitely start all of my testing sessions by playing a game with Gudra. Like, all right, where's Gudra? Let me have that one for the first one. <laughs> that is cool. The like the V stars in this set are all interesting and appear good or good enough. I think Gabe, you were the one to say they're all probably at least tier two, which is like cool. Yeah. Most of them are decent, like somewhat, you know, like playable for the most part. Like I would say over half of them are like somewhat decent, which um, for some sets, that's a lot to say, you know, because some sets just have tons of terrible ones. This one has a lot of like decent ones. Shout out to Whimsicott, the original bad V-Star that became broken. I don't know how Frank won a game with that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's something else. Frank's is good at Pokemon. If you want, you can go back to the listen to the episode where he interviewed Frank on his run to learn how Frank won games with that, because you literally have to hear it from his mouth in order to understand how that deck ever won a game. As someone who played against him at that tournament, um, I have no idea how he won games. <laughs> quite honest with you. The other I love Frank. Oh yeah, bro. Frank is amazing. We didn't have him back yeah. on. Anyway, Zorak. 
That's the other like that was the original hype one, too. Before we saw Giratina, before we saw the Lost Zone engine, before we understood that Palkia was disgusting, we saw Hisui and Zoroark. Twitter fell in love. This thing's so good. This is the new tier. This is the thing that's going to push Arceus out of tier one spots. Why isn't Zoroark going to be tier one? Because I think we're all in agreement that Zoroark is not quite tier one. Gabe, why is Zoroark not a tier one deck? Well, first off, it's a colorless type, so it hits no weaknesses on anything. So that is really, really bad, as a lot of decks right now in the standard format do hit um, like weakness. Uh, that is just one uh, thing. Also, um, it's it's V-Star power is like very mediocre. Like um, discard and draw seven is like fine. It's like nothing you like spectacular. Like it, like it isn't like a game changing like Star Portal or like a Starbirth or something like that. That's the other thing. And also, um, I like I think it's like I think it's a very solid tier two deck to start off with, and like it's fine, you know. But then like it just you know kind of comes down to the pocket issue, right? Because you have to fill up your bench with things you know like the Gengars of the world and stuff like that, and then pocket is just like okay, two hundred and you know like seventy ninety damage like super easily. So um, I think that the deck needs a little bit too much to get going where. Decks like Palkia can kind of just like sleepwalk through it. I mean, it almost seems uh, it almost seems like the Palkia versus um, Turbo Dark matchup, where um, Turbo Dark just has to complete, just you know, like fill up their bench, do like so much stuff to even you know like it. It has to work so hard to hit you know like that 280 damage where they can just go bench, 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 subspace well, easy done, like like rinse and repeat. So that's kind of where like I've also you know, kind of came to the conclusion. Like, the deck is fine, but I don't think it's anything super special. But I think it's been doing okay in Japan. Um, I know I was watching a couple of streams a couple of months ago, and it seemed to be doing okay. So maybe I'm, like, incorrect on this, but that's just, you know, kind of my thoughts as of right now. Like, it's solid, but nothing, you're, like, overpowering. Zach, what do you think on Zoroark? The first game I ever played against Zoro, they went turn to 300 damage. Or whatever the math checks out to be, you know, I was like, I was wrong about this card. Like, I don't know how to deal with it. And then, like, I played game two, and it wasn't that. And then <laughs> game three wasn't that either. <laughs> and then I played the deck myself, and it was like, this isn't it. And you're like, all right, uh, if I pop off, I pop off. Like, nothing can. It's gonna be hard to deal with that. Like, the Gengar is built in. You're like, all I gotta do is discard these Gengars and then put them on the bench, and there's damage. I, I can move with Pump. I can uh, play the gate, the gate draw, uh, yeah, box stadium. Block. Yeah, like I can like pop off, but then you have to like remember like Palkia is in format. Like if for each Gengar you bench, you do fifty more damage, right? Which is cool. But then like Palkia does like twenty more damage. Like oh, I'm winning this prize draw. I'm doing more damage. Nope, that's <laughs> not how that works. <laughs> like for you to knock out a Palkia, you have to fill your bench, and like for them to knock out a V or like V star, like they don't have to. Like you just have to fill your bench, and I'll like you do more damage for the Palkia. And it's just like a horrible prize trade. Um, it's really cool and it can pop off sometimes, but unless it pops off consistently and it wins the coin flip every game, it's not looking good for Zoro. I guess you can like hide behind Deante, but yeah. And then you remember the BDIF plays cross switcher. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's always such a big like feels bad. I do have to say, one of the most interesting things is what you said, though, about the Gengar, and one of the reasons why I think the deck feels like it might have a shot. You get to discard your Gengar, which means playing Ultra Ball becomes an asset, 
And any deck that can play four Quick Ball, four Ultra Ball is something that I am incredibly interested in because I still think Ultra Ball is an S tier, what's it called? A uh, trainer card, even though most people want to play as few as possible. So that's that's kind of a nice, right? Any deck that wants to discard cards is uh, usually feeling pretty okay there. But yeah, like you both said, you have to bench stuff. Palkia wants you to bench stuff. If you go second against Palkia, uh, you probably cry because they get the first two prize knockout. You get the return knockout, but then you always lose the game because you have no good single prizers to offset the prize trade. And it's you also damage yourself. You're like, oh, my 270 <laughs> Zoro is at least a 260 HP Zoro. And if yeah. that one has full HP, there's definitely a Zoro on the bench that doesn't have full HP somewhere along the line. And you're like, wow, that's less damage I have to do because you already did it to yourself. That's not even counting the fact. 270 is just such a bad number. Like, the difference between 270 yeah. 280 is significant. Yeah, yeah. Palkia doesn't even need the full bench. It just needs four of the bench. And then you damage yourself. So you need four bench and the choice value 270, which is tough. Yeah, and also, um, you know, like, when it comes like the other decks, like like the Garatinas of the world, like, they don't always have to have, you know, like, a bench of, you know, like, four or five. You know, like, they could, you know, like, sometimes get away with, you know, like, three or four, um, where, you know, like, where if you fell behind in the prize trade, you could take a one-shot. And then there's a potential, you know, like the, um, like the Palkia could potentially, you know, like, miss a knockout. The problem with Zorak is that you literally always have to have, you know, like, an entirely... Um, full bench to do your strategy so as soon as you fall behind in the prize trade there is literally no way that you are coming back whereas something where like the garatinas of the world like you don't always have to have you know, like a full bench to where maybe you can stick one like a roxanne or something weird and then they miss a knockout and then you know you can regain that prize trade where like when it comes down to zorak you literally just cry <laughs> yeah also there's you could like it's like a puzzle, right? Like, I have Zoro, I gotta find my Gengars, I gotta find whatever gets damage counters on board, and I gotta find the pumps to move around. If you miss one of those pieces to that puzzle that you're trying to build, um, like you don't get damage counters on board. Like, okay, well, I filled bench, I got my Gengars, but now I have a Zoro, a Zoro, and a Gengar, or three Zoros in play, and none of them have damage counters on them. I'm not doing anything still, because <laughs> I, I missed the stadium, or I missed the pump. And now I'm doing even less, and I have a full bench. Like, this is awful. And yeah. then you're like, oh, okay, I guess 150, 200. But like every deck does that now. Like, why did I need to play Zoro for that and play these Gengars? It's so, yeah. Sometimes you just miss and it feels awful. Yeah, I think that's the big. You have so much work to do to take Okos and other decks in the format just fill their bench or Mew just kind of draws their whole deck. Like, yeah, it, it, it feels bad in theory. I'm, I'm welcome being wrong. I welcome being wrong, just like I was wrong with Palkia, and Palkia has turned into one of the most fun decks in the format. I welcome Gudra and or Zoroark being good, <laughs> please. Yeah. It can definitely pop off, but it takes a while. The next thing is not a deck, but Pokemon. So we have seen some absolutely disgustingly broken Radiant Pokemon come out. Radiant Greninja is one of... I'm just going to call it one of the best cards ever printed by the time its entire run is done. Unless they print even better Radiant Pokemon, that thing is going to be everywhere all the time. Similar to like how ridiculously broken Coco Prism enabled things to be at times. And if you don't, if you're like, oh, Mello, it was only Pikara. Yo, expanded Tina Chomp. So good. That was unfair. <laughs> it was ridiculous, bro. They're like turn one Calamity slash GGN. And I was 
It was so good. No, yeah. yeah. I, the Raining Greninja gives me that vibe of like anything it goes into just enables that deck to exist when it otherwise wouldn't be able to. Then we got Radiant Charizard. The best deck at the Pokemon World Championships. Ross got robbed with a tie on his winning in. He should have won the whole thing. I should have also been in day two with him winning the whole thing. I think that deck is nuts. Played at Baltimore Regionals. Uh, that's my call right now. Played at Baltimore. At the hey. very least, you will have fun. <laughs> oh, people wouldn't play at Baltimore. I'm not, I'm, a t- I'm not there. If I were there, I'd play Radiant Charizard. 100%. Now, with that I'm said, I've put... Playing Radiant Charizard. Yeah. I've put... 200-ish games into the deck by now, so that might skew me a little more towards it than other decks. I got three in the two hours before this podcast. <laughs> I'm a three in two hours before this podcast. I'm going to play that for Baltimore. The deck is cranked. <laughs> you might need a little more than three games on it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's three Radiant Pokemon in this set. The moral of the story is Radiant Pokemon have had massive impacts every set. So we have three of them in the set. We have Radiant Gardevoir. Your Pokemon take 20 less damage from Pokemon V. Radiant Sneasler. Put two more damage counters on your opponent's poison Pokemon during the Pokemon checkup phase in between. And Radiant Steelix that I'm not even going to read because unless one of you can convince me that card's not a meme, that card is a huge meme. <laughs> I have one right here. It's all sleeved up and ready to go. <laughs> I, I pulled Peoria. two of those and zero Gardevoirs. And I am sad. <laughs> But anyway, which one of these Radiant Pokemon is going to break the game, or can they not compete with the Charizards and Greninjas of the world? Gabe, what do you think? Because Zach, I already Radiant know your Steelix answer. is breaking the game. I'm convinced. No. Oh, you're off the um, pod. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I, you know, like, I think that's um, the only one that has a chance at being good is the Radiant Gardevoir. Um, I think the other two, you know, like doing two more damage when something is poison, like that's super, super specific. Like there are very few decks that poison, you know, we have the new dust talks and stuff like that. But, you know, like for the most part, there really isn't a lot of viable things that actually um, like poison. The Radiant Gardevoir is also good, but then we kind of start to run into the situation where is if you're going to play a Radiant card, why are you playing Radiant Gardevoir over Radiant Greninja? Why are you playing Radiant Gardevoir over, you know, like, you know, like Radiant Charizard and, you know, like some deck, right? Like there's like, I think that's just like the situation that we're going to run into most of the time when a deck does have a spot for a Radiant card. The Radiant card will definitely be good in decks like Gudra for sure. Um, but I'm not sure that any decks are willingly going to be taking out their Radiant Greninja for something like the Gardevoir, which is like, I think the biggest issue with it is just that Radiant Greninja is just so far and away just insane that it's like, could you cut such an important part of your consistency engine so much of the time? Because there's so many decks that, you know, like need that card um, to like, would you ever do that for taking 20 less damage? I personally, for the most part, wouldn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some deck that can do that. But as of right now, I think that Radiant Gardevoir is pretty far below the other two. Zach, I'm going to give you a second to do this, but because <laughs> I know you're going to I know you love Radiant Gardevoir. My biggest hatred of Radiant Gardevoir, it is a passive ability, and we're in a meta with Path to the Peak. So the fact that my opponent can shut it down whenever they want to makes me hate that card. Not hate, that's incorrect. Makes me not want to play that card. I do have to say, Japanese results have been showing Arc Intel with the stadium that takes minus 20 if you have water energies attached, plus the Radiant Gardevoir has been doing fairly well in their tournaments, which has to be taken note of. Arc Intel is the deck that everyone's like, this thing is dead. And then guess what deck is never, ever, ever dead? 
Arc Intel, right? So the fact that it gets two new tools, I think that is cool. But I hate that it's a passive ability. Zach, convince us why rating Gardevoir is broken. I was actually going to start with uh, it's a passive ability, which is like, like a big downside to it. But there's definitely decks that don't need Greninja. Like you said, Arceus Arcantel, Arceus Intellion. Uh, they don't play Greninja. It's so like, well, I can guarantee my Charons, which is nice, assuming that they don't play Path. But how many decks besides Arceus actually play Path themselves? Like, it's just Arceus. Like, all right, well, if I'm going to play Path in my deck and I'm going to play Gardevoir and I don't play Greninja as it is, well, what if I just don't play my own path? Like, I might want to shut you off, but, like, I can go Guardy for the first few times, guarantee my Charons, and at the end of the game, go Roxanne Path. Like, that might work. But also, like, uh, decks like Tina, where it's like, well, I don't really want to discard my energies. I want to conserve my resources and stuff like that. Uh, you could use it in the mirror match if Tina, for some reason, does become good. Um, like, testing has, like, otherwise has led to belief. Like, Tina's been bad. Uh, like, doing 280, well, now you're doing 260. Then you can play, like, Charm. You can live for that 280. Or, like, play Tool Jammer so the choice belt doesn't work. Um, you can prevent yourself from getting knocked out by Tina. But, like, Guardi seems really good if you're not playing Greninja. Uh, it could fix a lot of math on just the Tina and Arceus X. It's probably not good in Palkia. You'd rather just play Greninja. But, I don't know. It seemed, seemed good. It's also only Pokemon V, so... Things like Charizard, Moltres, anything else. Like if you're playing the new Stormlocks that came out, you still take the full 180 damage, 250 damage, or whatever Moltres may be doing at the time. So it's good, can be good in the right situation, the right meta, but it's probably the best one to come out of this set, that's for sure. I would agree with that 100%. I think the other two, I mean, you already mentioned it, Gabe. Sneasler's just like, it looks bad. Plus two is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Steel We've seen it with E-Turn, and even then E-Turn was like, nah, I'm not going to play Poison E-Turn. Like, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> That's not, cool. not even pretend E-Turn still exists. If you haven't ripped up your Eternatus cards yet, you're you're playing yourself. Poison E-Turn? Hold on. Should but that was so bad. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Like, the fact that you still lost to Mew is just so embarrassing. As someone who played um, Etern religiously for a solid like three months, I cannot stand the poison variant, and I do not know why people played it over just the straight consistency one. I hated that deck. I don't know why I don't played Etern. Period. Yo, Pikaram existed at the same time. Yeah, but you could play Four Crush Hammer and Etern as well. Like that. <laughs> like that was the fun part. Oh, dude! Like I had so much fun with crushing hammers. I was just throwing four into anything, bro, and it was working. <laughs> <laughs> so you're part of the problem. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like 100% I was part of the problem back then. I guess, to be fair, Sack, you're still oh, the original decent. problem. Yeah, I started the problem. Yeah, you're the one who topped up two <laughs> hexters in a row with it. Yeah, they popped off. I want a little bit of money on like the GG Tour events with Etern Hammers. I'll take <laughs> Hammers carried me a little bit. Yeah, everyone thought Pikaram was dead. And then it was like, what if we just crush him? Oh, yo, grunts and hammers in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Pikaram's back. It's living everything. Uh, so much fun. One of the most hyped cards from this set, and I don't know if hype is the right word necessarily, but it's Thornton. One of the most interesting cards. The supporter, choose a basic Pokemon or discard pile, switch it with one of your basic Pokemon in play. Any cards attached, damage counter, special conditions, turns in play, and any other effects remain on the new Pokemon. So you can switch out your discard pile with something else, evolve it if it's already been on the field for a turn, and bam, you suddenly turned your Manaphy that you started and you don't want anymore into an Urshifu VMAX, or whatever you want to do with it. Do we think 
Thornton is a real card that's like, this is a viable strategy. Is it a cute tech or is this a meme that Twitter is going to be obsessed with? And we're going to see a ton of tricky gym and LDF videos making some cute little plays with this thing. Like, where is this level of Thornton? Zach, why don't you start us off? What do you think of Thornton? And I've been like brainstorming Thornton since like last Thursday. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to like turn into Lost Origin. And I'm going to try to think. There's so many things you can't possibly do with it. Like um, now your decks that play Crobat V. Like, well, I'm going to play Crobat for like draw consistency. Like it's set up early game, so I don't miss a beat. Now you can play Thornton and then you can get rid of that Crobat. It's been sitting there the entire time. You're like, well, I don't want to really want to play Volvo. Volvo or whatever the new supporter is um and like just discard my v not just thornton it into like whatever possibility you could uh, could have like people in the past that played ditto v they're like well if i play rcs and ditto i can uh, turn that into a crobat and then turn it into a v max right or you could play it in the new ice rider palkia well they knocked out my ice rider well i kind of want an ice rider so what if i just thornton that into an ice rider or thornton the palkia into an ice rider or thornton the sample or the manaphy into an ice rider um, so that could be like really cool. Um, my biggest like uh, use for it that I had so far was like the Intelian Charizard. Like, well, I'm going to put Crobat in that deck. Like I've been struggling with like hands. You use like Snorlax Cormodice, Snorlax Dies, or the, they Marnie you. And you're like, well, my hand's like kind of low, but I have this Quick Ball here. If I could go Crobat and then Thornton to the Charizard later. But you get to play Crobat then. You don't have to worry about it. You could be knocked out and mean two prizes. So I've been trying to uh, stuff like that. Also like the new Clefairy that came out. You could use that for energy excel or anything with like energy excel to itself. Um, like the swim freely on the Finion, the Nuclear Fairy, some, some of the uh, Sun and Moon decks where it's like, well, I'm going to uh, sun energy to the uh, Lunar Tone, question mark. And then I could Thornton that into another tanker, like a Mewtwo, turn that to Mewtwo V, and then evolve into Mewtwo V Star. And they have so many energy in play. You're like, man, Thornton could be cool, but. I know it's just supportive returns is the only downside. So if you can play Thornton and draw cards, maybe, but I don't know. It's, I haven't tried it out too much yet, but there's so many possibilities. Bro, why would you leak the Thornton and Luna Rock spice? <laughs> no, that's not even the best one. We get Ho-Oh coming out in a set. I'm going to go do a bunch of stuff, turn one, Ho-Oh, end my turn with Deanty in the active, and you're like, go log boss sure. my Ho-Oh. Well, it's turn one, right? You have one, you gotta evolve <laughs> still, give me a turn, right? And then I'm gonna turn two Thornton into some dude that needs a bunch of energies. Like, who knows what that dude could be? But like, ho got you energy. ho had like, and then Thornton's gonna be into some nonsense. Like, I always take it back to like, when baby, the baby trio, tag team Jackson standard, I'd be like, what like dumb combination can I come up with that whenever new set comes out that I can break this card? And that's 16 energies. It just like reminds me of like, well, energy acceleration is like a thing in the game that we're always trying to do with like Welder, Melanie, like Raihan even, uh, cards like that. And you're like, energy acceleration is really good. Well, Thornton could be energy acceleration because like a lot of Pokemon are accelerating to themselves nowadays. You're like, what like ridiculous card that takes 20 energies can I use now because of Thornton and a bunch of other energy excel stuff? Couldn't happen. Maybe it's really exciting to have that card back like Ninja Boy. Gabe, are you also team Thornton Lunarock? 
I am team content creation, so I am team because, <laughs> because the content that is going to come out from people like LDFs of the world and stuff like that, like, it is a shame oh, that we don't have um, people like um, Dark Animal Gaming here um, still because the crazy madness that is going to ensue when this card becomes legal <laughs> is actually ridiculous, but... Um, I do think the card is good, you know, like, I, I definitely am Team Thornton. One of the things that I have noticed um, is that, so, one of my friends was working on a, like, so, it was, like, a single prize Lost Zone engine with, like, a 2-2 Rapid Strike Urshifu line, and then the Drapion as well, and then you also played, like, 3-4 to four Thornton. So, the strategy versus, you know, something like Mew would be, um, you use the Cramorant to one-shot Meloetta, and then you turn a... Um, uh, you turn a single price thing um, into a Drapion, take a knockout, and then do it again, take another knockout on a MUV Max. So I think that um, I think that that strategy is very, very cool. That's pretty much the only experience that I have with Thornton as of right now. Um, but you know, like you do kind of like start to run into the issue of do you want to play a supporter card instead yeah. of using like a research or marnie right so that's you know kind of the issue with it but it's cool i mean it's cool like i think it'll be played in some things like in Tenleon variants but just thought yeah. of some really good when you said the whole uh deal with um urshi thing you oh yeah dude there's so many cool things you could do with this card <laughs> yeah you can go metacham yoga loop and then next yeah. turn you could thornton into the urshi evolve into urshu vmax and then you got a rapid flow using the same rapid strike energy that was just on the metacham Thornton's going to carry right, well, my content creation the next month or so. Yeah, we're going to go like Yoga Loop, Dunspar. we <laughs> at 10k at no time. <laughs> Thornton, it's, uh, it's going to be so weird. Thornton into the Urshi, Evolve Urshi, Rapid Flow, the two. Okay, yeah. I'm a big Just fan the, of like, Urshi. Just the city being around is kind of, kind of tough with the Thornton. You're like, man, I want to play Charizard and just keep Thorntoning the Charizard back. But no, not possible. I think the biggest thing for me, and you already mentioned it, I think Thornton makes Urshifu... In the correct build, and most importantly, the correct hands. Viable. I'm a big Thornton. fan of, you play a, <laughs> hear me out, a 1-1 one, one Drapey online. Because one, one? you are- VMAX? Have you read the V-Star? The V-Star, that thing is terrible. <laughs> so you don't, have, you don't have a V-Star power, right? That thing's not oh, bad in Urshifu. Bro, it, in Urshifu- V-Star power do again? It's, Poison a Paralyzed, put three damage counters instead of one on that Pokemon during Pokemon checkup. Bro, they're always knocking out the Drapion when you, like, ever, like, get it going. What? Oh, that's fine. That could be any other 60th card. That could be Escape Rope. That could be a Battle Pass. That's a much better card. Why would you play that card? Bro, you're way too deep in the nah, tank. No, 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 no. That, <laughs> that is a good ability. They can go KO it. That's, that's like, fine. They're not hitting my Urshifu, and then I win the game. GG's. I was thinking, like, man, Drapion is really cool. What does this V-Star do? Nope. <laughs> I'd be like, rather would rather just not evolve that thing. <laughs> like, all right, this is awful. Now I have this Pokemon. It doesn't get the ability anymore. It's not good against Mew. And it's just a nah. no-shot Drapion V-Star is good. Hear me out. 1-1 one, one Drapion V-Star, specifically for the V-Star power in Urshifu. Call I'd rather it. play Electromagnetic Radar or whatever magnet thing that Azul played. That's useless. Electro Powers. <laughs> All right, let's do a very quick little like rapid fire buy or sell on a couple of the other cards. I don't think it's full having worth having a full conversation with. Buy is a viable card, either a deck or a tech or whatever. Sell this goes in the bulk pile. Who cares? And they're all going to be things you already know. Magnazone V Star buy or sell. Gabe, you go first. Oh, <laughs> Zach, I'm trying to buy. 
All right, let's go. Uh, his... oh, me out, right? uh, there's so many item cards, cross switches, canceling cologne, uh, cross sievers, pokey stops the thing. We saw like the Dialga, like so many things are going to be using items. They get you items. That's all I'm saying. Crushing hammer. Got it. Uh, Hisui and Arcanine. Gabe, we'll just have you go first every time. Buy or sell? Buy in 2017, like, sell in 2022. <laughs> Everything's too big. <laughs> Zach? I'm trying to buy hits for fighting weakness against RCS. Have you read Dunsparce? <laughs> yeah, find your Dunsparce then. I'm going to do this turn too. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Um, gosh, what was it? The new Snorlax that hits for 180 for three. Uh, sell? I, uh, Question mark. I'm trying to buy that one too. <laughs> I, I, okay, so. I would buy that okay. one. Okay. Hear me out, right? I'm going to swing for 180 with a single prizer. You're going to go like, all right, cool. I'm going to either take one prize card or I'm going to boss around it. And now you have to deal with it again. <laughs> it's another, like, all right, here, like, here's Snorlax again. It didn't go away. Have fun. It's Do you power the thing up, though? With, like, twin energy? Right, like... right on twin. So my thought on, yeah, all right, here, twin. you're talking. Okay, next play right on twin. Okay, then so I'll buy it. You're, you're talking to a Radiant Zard simp, like. You yeah, play yeah, in Radiant Zard yeah. to play around the Lost City shenanigans, right? You need maybe a couple other attackers in there. Okay, I, I'll buy it after I read it. Oh. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm in. Tech. Not a good deck, but a tech. The Misfortune yeah. Sisters, which I'm going to read real quick. Look at the top five cards of your opponent's deck. You may discard any number of item cards you find there. Shuffle the rest into their deck. Buy or sell on Misfortune Sisters. Um, I don't know if control is good right now, so I'm going to say sell. Um, but if control ever becomes viable again, it could be a cool card to play. But I think sell as of right now because you'd rather research your Marnie or like Roxanne. I think. Zach, uh, I'm gonna go with sell. I know I just said like Magnezone items, Pogi Stop, but like sell. Like I played the Alolan Monk, the dark one. When you evolve, look at the top six discard items, and it was bad. Play that knee turn, it was bad. And so just I've seen this before. Don't put it in the hands of someone that plays control, like Sandier or maybe Grant, but like it's a backyard for the rest of us. Lost City. Buy as in something will play it in this format or sell. It's time is not right now. What do you say, Gabe? Um, I think buy because of Radiant Charizard's um relevance in the format. I think that at the very beginning. Um, and when Lost Origins finally, um, you know, can be played for something like the Peoria um, Regionals, I think that a lot of people are going to default to playing something like the Lost City simply because of Radiant Charizard's um, relevance in the metagame. And also decks like Regigigas are also very, very hyped um, leading to Lost Origins. So I think a lot of people are going to default to that card at the very beginning of the format. So I'm going to say buy 100%. Zach? Uh, buy. So you can get one Radiant Charizard, but also like Dunsparce, Manaphy for anyone that plays Urshfu still for some reason, things like that. Uh, you just get rid of them. I also like the Regis, the Lunarox. It's just whenever a Pokemon is knocked out, not whenever it's like knocked out by damage or just the active Pokemon, it's whenever. So they even Poison send it to the loss zone, which is pretty cool. Aerodactyl V-Star with its V-Star ability that can shut off all other Pokemon V-abilities. Is a real deck? Uh, I think as of right now, I'm at the beginning of the format, sell, but maybe if something else comes out, buy. So I'm going to say sell for right now, though. I don't think I don't think the time is now for the form, um, 
for the card. I think the biggest reason is that the format is so wide open right now that maybe once we get to, you know, like a super, um, you know, like condensed metagame, then maybe that card can be good. But as of right now, I'm going to say sell. Like you have to waste an attack to do it, which is just bad. Sack. It's an ability, right? Am I wrong? It's, no, an, it's an attack. Oh, that is an attack. Oh, it's an it's attack. Oh, it's an attack. It's oh, oh. it's an attack, which is. Yeah. I should even, even, even ask. Yeah, that card sucks. That's so bad. Yeah, it was an ability. It'd be actually like a very good Pokemon, but no, I agree with that sell sell that thing so fast. I put my 260 HP Pokemon, so you have no abilities. Palkia says knockout. <laughs> cool. What a waste. All right. Yeah, sell that thing. I assume you agree, Sack. The only like redeeming factor could be it does 240 turn two. If you go like attach fighting attach um turbo energy just 240 which is like 220 which knocks up most of these stars but then you have to put the top three cards of your deck into lost zone which is bad but yeah that would be the only redeeming thing that it hits for 240. still bad though sell that thing last one i got and arguably one we should have talked more about but it's too late curum v max buy or sell the new ice rider or the thing to take over ice rider spot gabe what do you think I am buying it simply because there are a lot of cards that work really well with it that also are just like consistency cards in general. For example, we have um, the Rotom Phones, um, Primate Wisdom as well. Like there's just a lot of cards that flow really nicely um, into Kirim. And then you can also play things, um, you know, like the Palkias of the world and stuff like that to help, you know, like keep it consistent. So I, I personally think that Kirim is a solid deck, whether it be a top tier deck, that's the question, but I definitely think it is solid, so I'm going to buy it. Zach, what do you say? This was the card I was told not to talk about when I was telling my testing group <clears throat> that I was going on a podcast. They were like, don't mention Kirum. And be like, Kirum could be good. It's a buy. There's like some limitations to it. It's uh, not very efficient attacker to do 270, which is like, or 280. Um, you can't put 270, but you can get to 280 with like Belt or Goonping. Um, it's very costly. You can't do it very often. Uh, so to do it again and again, sound great, but you could pair it with like Primal Wisdom or Rodon Phone, like Gabe said, it could be very good. That's 230 HP. I'm going to buy, I'm going to try to put it in Palkia, maybe like an Ice Rider uh, Palkia list, take out the Palkias and like um, add in the Kirums with a barrel and see if that's good. But um, the tech being three and needing three energy to do 270 is a bit rough, but I think the ability could be very good and I'm going to, I'm going to buy those for sure. The biggest thing for me, I want to buy it. I'm going to buy it because I hate Ice Rider too. I want something to be better than Ice Rider. And this card is it. If Kiram V had Smooth Over as an ability, I would be so in. This thing gives that bad attacking Macargo vibes. But without Smooth Over, it doesn't have the same appeal. And attacking Macargo was already kind of a tier two deck at best briefly until people figured out how to play ADP properly. So is a buy for me but also meh yeah i think we're getting into a format where you can build things that are very tanky and you're gonna want an oko at some point like you're gonna have like the gujars of the world like well i have 350 hp kind of because i attacked <laughs> and i have full health so to get to 350 you're like i don't know if i could do that kiram can get you there like having a two shot of Gudra or a three shot of Gudra could like set you behind or like stone Drunner or like blissey which are like very tanky or even like a duraludon like Maybe I want an attacker that can do infinite damage. And if we get to that that point of like the standard format, I doubt we will. But if we do, then I can see Kieran being very good, seeing that it's like a water type attacker. It gets Palkia, it gets Melanie, uh, stuff like that. It could be very good. 
also gets uh, the whole Greninja, Italian engine, Arita, and the rest of the waterworks that make it happen. Yeah, water's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Gabe, where can the people find you? Any shout outs, anything like that? The floor is yours. Uh, good question. Uh, you can find me at SmartTCG on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, shout out to my sponsors, the Shuffle Squad. Um, TC Evolutions as well. Um, Ultimate Spice Gaming. Thank you to all of those sponsors as well. Um, thank you so much for having me on here as well. I had a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the Baltimore Regional Championships as well. So, like, I'll see many of you there. And then I'm more excited about Peoria Regionals because that's obviously when you like the new format. Um, and, like begins. So I'm stoked for that. And like, I'm gonna be doing you know, like a ton of um, content on the new format and making Thornton work in some way. That is that is my goal. <laughs> be sure to check out the YouTube channel and the Twitch stream for sure. Sack, where can the people find you if they want more of you? Um, I'm still on Twitter, SackSack underscore 17. You can find me there, but I'll also be going to Baltimore, Peora, and Salt Lake are locked in so far. Uh, those three, I'll be at those regional if you want to stop and say hi. I'll be in the bright green jersey that you see walking around some regionals sometimes see on the camera. It's very screen. noticeable. Very noticeable. <laughs> sure. As always walk by, it's incredibly <laughs> noticeable. You're both also very tall. It is hard to miss either of you. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I'll be at those. Those are locked in. Uh, maybe Arlington, maybe San Diego. Um, not going to Toronto, going to Fort Wayne. Uh, hopefully, Vancouver, NAIC, Milwaukee, all those regionals. So I'll be at those ones. Hopefully, I get back to streaming soon with sound goes. Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Uh, I mentioned earlier, but content's going to be a little sparse. The podcast is still going to happen. If you'd like to financially support the podcast, uh, I don't know, watch it on YouTube or continue your Twitch sub if you sub to me on Twitch, even though streams are going to be a little spotty. If you don't want to financially support the podcast, that's also fine. I have a full-time job that actually pays the bills, and this is just for fun. So no pressure whatsoever there. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast, and we will catch you all next week.